Welcome to the Scale It Wallet podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you to scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Jordi Altimira, the partner at Advisor and Lesame Capital. Jordi, welcome to the show. Hello, Mike. Many thanks for the invitation. Uh, I'm glad to, to share with you some, some time today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on the show as well. And uh, yeah, let's get to know more about, about you and about your two companies. Um, so please go ahead. Yeah, well, um, my background is, uh, is engineering. I study industrial engineering between Barcelona and, and Paris. Um, so then I work a little bit on technical stuff, energy management services. And it's when in 2005, I realized that uh, my passion was finance. So I, I did some studies on that. And, and then I decided to go to uh, live in London. Um, I worked five years in investment banking there. So it was funny because uh, I lived the best, the best part of the investment banking time from 2005 to 2008 and the worst, no? from, from 2008 and 2010. No? So it was a black and white, but not, not, not great at all. No? Um, and it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a shock, no? but that's, that was my first crisis. Um, and I, I think that uh, it was quite well, well done. And then after I create a company in London, um, an energy management service company, and we purchase electricity and gas for corporates across across the world and decrease carbon footprints for them. Um, I think that the company was a, a really bootstrap uh, style of company. We we had some one one moment of a lot of tension and the, the company was very very close to close actually. But then we, we've been able to to basically work out and and sell the company in 2012, right? So that was um, a very, uh, in 2014, sorry. That was a very good uh, good experience uh, for me and my first exit. And then I came back to, to Barcelona, study an MBA and and I decided to, to be more in the world of uh, venture capital. And it's when we mm -hmm. create uh, Lanzame Capital um, and we, we invest in, in Lanzame Capital in 37 companies right now in city stage. And we, we, we have five exits uh, at this moment of time. And I think that the port portfolio is quite good. No? The portfolio is uh, quite good and it's, uh, it's fantastic. No? Um, you, you had here uh, Philip uh, of Cantox no? in your podcast. He was, the, uh, he was our first investment. So... Uh, the start of the of the fund was wow. very very good, and in 2017, so we create Advisor, and it's a Advisor is a one-stop solution of services for for startups, right? So um, we do financial services, uh, public funding, um, tax incentive, um, legal talent. So we we do all the verticals uh, for for startups, right? So we have around 400 customers and. It's it's well it's our our world is fantastic no it's a investment in one side uh, with Lanzame and and consultancy service for startups in the other side so all day we are we are we have really positive energy around us right absolutely 
this is this is maybe a, a, a good question. Sometimes we don't have uh, very good consulting solutions for this specific niche. So you must have for kind of this typical small business, mid-sized business or uh, enterprise business. For a startup or a scale-up, it might be a little more difficult to have people who have um, this understanding also because it's a niche. And, uh, mm. So yeah. th that's why you... You you also felt the need to to start to fund uh, advisor. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, yeah, we we realized this need um, as investors um, because we invest from 2012 and well during these five years we observed that that was a an issue. Um, it's more or less as you as you mentioned. First of all, it's a niche. The the, the kind of uh, market or the, the needs of the of these kind of companies are completely different from a classic SME company, even if the legislation is the same, even if the the finance are the same, no, at the, at the end of the day, but the approach is very, very different. And it's true that when the company, the startup grows, let's say in Series A, there are uh, professionals specializing uh, in this kind of market. The problem it comes when the start the startup is uh, at the beginning. No? Um, in the triple triple F, there um, there are no 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 services, no, and and you need to you need and and, and the startup they don't have a lot of cash. So the, the challenge well, the who, who might have been a little bit lost on the three Fs. Of course, it's family, friends, and fools. And fools, exactly <laughs> at the beginning when you have the investment from. Around you, and it's it's when the startup starts, capitalizes the company with fifty or one hundred k. So it's really the beginning. So there, um, the startup they they don't have a lot of cash. They but they need some kind of professional services. So the challenge here for us is to do uh, reverse engineering. No, it's it's like okay, how can we adapt the service, be cost effective in in our side? And at the same time, have a service that the, the company can, can pay, right? So, um, and it's necessary because if, if you do a, let's, a, a stakeholder agreement or a shareholder agreement at the beginning, if this kind of agreement is not well established, that, as, a, as a, an example, it's not well done, then in the next round, it, it doesn't work and you need to rebuild all the, all the work, right? So, yeah, I think it makes sense to to try to to find a solution in in that particular moment. Got it. So let, let's compress some of your lessons in these different uh, journeys that you have uh, been in, uh, and that you are still in, by the way. Um, so we always cover three critical ingredients for a successful scale. Uh, number one, radical focus. Number two, world class team slash leadership. And number three, a culture of execution. So, let's start with with radical focus. Um, what what are some of the less, lessons or some of the stories that you'd like to share uh, around this typical uh, challenge, or or I, I would say also strength if we are able to to apply it in in our businesses. So you mean basically that the focus that a startup needs to have at the beginning, no? Um, I would say even at at all stages, right? So yeah. I think that one of the one hmm. of the most uh, important mistakes that sometimes we do as scale-ups, and that I saw it happen again and again, 
is that we believe that because we have now 50 or 100 people, we are able to attack uh, much more verticals, much more geographies. We can serve small businesses, mid-sized businesses, enterprise businesses, yeah. have uh, products adapted to all of the segments. So just because we have the global mm -hmm. mindset that we need to, to, we want to build something big and scale it across the world, we don't do the kind of Milestone yeah. after milestone, so, and yeah, no, really, really, really niche uh, from one stage to another stage of, of growth. So we try to do too many things, and we enter in a phase of uh, indigestion uh, instead of starvation. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's that's a um, a problem. No, it's it's really a challenge sometimes to to say no. And one of one of the concepts here is. It's it's I think that it's not bad that, that at the beginning you you test your product more on a service point of view in order to to try to find out the, the product market fit. And maybe in that moment of time at the beginning, you don't you don't focus. Uh, you, you try to basically understand where, where is your opportunity. But once you 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 have identified that, it's fundamental that uh, um, you try to compare that service in product and focus uh, focus uh, to, to scale up that no um, so yeah that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, fundamental sometimes we think that that is only for um, digital companies but I think that that can apply for the majority of companies so uh, at some point one of the biggest challenges uh, is to say no no it's like uh, the no the Steve Jobs uh, history when when he came back to Apple, no, it was uh, many, many lines uh, of uh, of services, and concentrating the in the right ones was was key, no. Um, sometimes it's difficult because it's very easy to close um, lines of opportunities where they don't have uh, they don't contribute to the business because they they have, they have a negative impact in the, in terms of, of finance. The challenge here is to say no to the lines that they are um, a bit positive, right? So that's that's the that's the difficult. That's a very good point. That's that's the tough one. So especially in, on a moment on a startup where um, the income is not huge. So imagine that you have an income, but you maybe that kind of line is not that that scalable, and and you need to decide to close that and put all the efforts in a, in another line that today. Um, is not giving that revenue, right? So that that for me is the is the is the biggest challenge, but it's necessary to to do that, and it's very necessary, I think, to um, calculate the metrics, identify the, that this this product market fit, and see what it works and and what and if it doesn't work, and have the agility to pivot very fast, no. Um, during this year, um, and due to the COVID, no, uh, we, we we can see the, that this kind of agility, no. So, if you have, I don't know, some some kind of startups that they are very affected uh, by uh, the actual situation, the the if you are able to to pivot and and find another kind of model, that it's uh, it's fundamental, right? So yeah, focus on agility. I think that um, to two factors uh, um, fundamental in terms to to be able to scale up a company yeah I think that that's a good point that you made there um, as well which is um, 
discourage to kill something that uh, might be a bit positive, but are but is distracting us and allocating resources and will not allow us to to scale the company to the next stage. But it also can happen the opposite, right? So if, for instance, you are scaling from one to five or five to ten, and in a scale up, you need to be able to double uh, at least every single year. So if you are not already working on what needs to happen to go from, if you are on, on the one to five, if you are not already working on what needs to happen next year to go from five to ten, it will be too late. And I'm talking about the product, I'm talking about the market, uh, I'm talking about the segments. So, but of course, what we would say with this point as well is, is kind of uh, double down on what is already working. And I think that this is a good um, advice. But also, in order to create innovation, sometimes you need to do some bets. I think that the problem of doing bets is sometimes doing too many bets simultaneously mm -hmm. instead of just doing an, an one or two hypotheses and validating if those hypotheses would be a good path to. Yeah, that, that, that's the magic, right? So it's to find this equilibrium, no? So don't do... 100 bets, but don't do, do two, no? So you need to try to, to find this kind of equilibrium where um, you can test, but in parallel, you don't waste uh, the resources that you got. So it's it's okay. obviously, well, to create a business is one of the most uh, challenging things that you, you, you can do in your life, right? It's, it's, in terms of professional life, it's more, I think that is the most difficult thing. Um, a company is uh, so difficult in in many in many terms. It's it's you need to be extremely passionate because uh, um, when you create a company, everything is a problem. So you need to be really really passionate in order to solve every day one hundred problems. And and for me that it's it's key. No, um, all the companies that we have invested um, and all the companies that they are doing well at the moment. It was always we had moments where the company was in a very, very critical situation. Um, and that happens to us as well. So I think that um, that's normal. Um, you need to, and you need to be extremely um, and passionate about it in order to, to, to keep going no? and, 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 and show this kind of um, engagement with the project. And, and as a venture capitalist, we need to try to identify that. We need to try to identify that this this kind of passion because we know that at some it will be a moment in, in in the period of the company in these eight ten years where we will be in the cap table that is going to be tough. It's going to be very very difficult. And and well, um, it's 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 remarkable. And uh, I'm coming back to your question. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, focus, do the bets, and um, try to find the the quantity of bets that you need to uh, apply and scale up the, the line that it, it's it's working, um, it's 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 really really a, a challenge and and normally it's for that reason that uh, there are, there are only well not a lot of companies that they can do that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah I love to remind those odds to to the portfolio companies that that we work with. Uh, and as you were saying, I, I love what you just said. It's some some of them are feeling that are failing miserably, and they are some of the most successful uh, across the industry. <laughs> and, 
and they usually realize it later. Uh, they are kind of facing a nightmare, and uh, and they, they see that they are doing quite uh, quite well. And yet, the the, the metrics that I like to share is only four percent of all companies get to one one million, only four to ten million, and under point zero four to million. So we know how difficult it is the transition from uh, I would say five to ten. It's really, really, really tough, and it gets tougher and tougher as we scale on it. It's called the, the growth paradox, and usually as entrepreneurs, I would say there are two models, right? Zero to one, the startup stage is really tough, 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 very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, usually the ones who get to one, they get to three or five uh, quickly. Uh, but then from five to ten, it gets again very, very difficult. And from ten to twenty, uh, even more difficult. I decided to focus my attention on this status after uh, one million ARR uh, post um, Series A. But uh, but it's it's curious to see these patterns. And we get into the second uh, ingredient: the world class leadership, world class team that is very related about what you just said. So the importance of team venture capital and why it is important because there are moments in the path where uh, you were successful and everything goes again into a stage that you feel very unsuccessful and things are not working out and you are not being able to double the business uh, again as we did uh, in in the previous year. So. How can we help those those teams during those uh, turbulent stages? Yeah, I think that I think that's really relevant question. Um, and sometimes venture capitalists, I think that we don't pay a lot of attention on that, and and we need to be more focused. Um, for me, um, yeah, as you as you mentioned, well, there are a small group of companies that they can scale up, and it's difficult. On, in terms of um, human human approach, right? Because when at the end of the day, as a venture capitalist, you do three things, only three. You buy, um, you invest in companies at the beginning, then you moderate these companies and you sell and you sell your your shares. That's it. That's a, a business of uh, venture capital. You need to identify the capacity of um, one team to. B, when you invest eight people or 10 people, and when you exit, uh, 150. Mm -hmm. And that happens maybe in the, 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 the first ramp up, the first um, growth on, on team from 10 to 80, maybe it happens in two years. That's, that's a, a, a huge challenge in terms of everything, in terms of internal procedures, in terms of... Maybe the team that it was great to do the first uh, growth, it's not the team that allow you to go to the second growth. And maybe you need to replace the CTO, maybe you need to replace the CMO, because it's not the, the profile that it's capable <clears throat> to do one of the most difficult things, that it's managed people. That's, that's, that's very, very difficult. <clears throat> maybe in Europe, we don't have this culture, more in UK and the States, but sometimes the founders step up. Um, basically, um, some, some venture capitalists or even the founders recognize that at some stage, they are not ready to, to basically manage the company. 
And as they have um, equity on the company and they want the best for the company, so maybe they need to, to be replaced. That is very tough in, on, a Latin, on a Latin vision, right? To, to, to do that, it's really a practical approach and it's very, uh, uh, very Anglo-Saxon approach, no? Yes. But I think that um, obviously this growth, um, this massive growth of people in, in, a, in a human team where some profiles needs to be replaced or you need to put uh, somebody as a line manager. And it's very, it's very a critical situation. No? And then the combination of all that in a very, uh, on a, on a, um, a high-speed way, that's normally it's a it's a bomb. It's like a and we and we saw that in all the companies that of our portfolio that they they have a scale up. And normally sometimes venture capitalists are very focused on metrics, right, on results, but they don't realize this effect. And for example, what we are doing is we in when we invest now we do a, a psychological test to the team, right and. We do, we do that as well in our team here. Um, and it, it depends on the results. We can see the matching of the different pieces. Um, it, it depends on the result of the test, maybe. So one person is better on the sales team rather than the operational team, right? It's, it's, okay. it's, more, it's more natural, no? So we try to we try to do that as well. This week in Bilbao, I was um, speaking with a... Uh, a venture capitalist, um, a, a big fan here in Spain, and they 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 told me that they are um, basically contracting a a psycho a, a psycho a psychological person in the team in order to do these kind of assessments, right? And for me, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that um, and it's as well for that reason that. An entrepreneur needs to have some kind of experience, in my in my in my view, no, and energy and experience, which which is a very small window in your life, no. Um, <laughs> you have from maybe thirty five years to to fifty, and after that, um, the energy decreases a little bit, no. So you need some kind of experience. It's true that we have some cases in Spain, like Lobo, no, that the founder is very young, but. He's a very, very talented guy, but that's not the norm. Normally, you need to have some kind of experience because managing people and and this and manage this kind of growth in, in a teams where you need to create procedures, you need to create hierarchies, you need to basically, um, um, I don't know, normally our growth is now we are 20 people. No, That happens in, let's say, in the last... Uh, 18 months and it's 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 challenging to basically uh, find right. all the pieces in london we, we when we sold the company we were 40 people and and I, that was the most the most challenging thing for me it's always that no it's how you create the right combination the right um how you how you keep the culture of the company with this kind of growth because you can explain as a founder to the your line managers um or, or your direct team the culture of the company but at some point you cannot uh, explain the culture of the company to everybody no and exactly. and and as a founder as well i think that it's uh, i think complicated to accept is when you start 
the, the, the culture of the company is you culture. Okay. When you scale up, you need to admit that the company is one thing and you have uh, an individual. And maybe that culture doesn't match because the culture is done by other people as well, the combination of, of, uh, of different mentalities. No? And that, that enriched the, the, the project a lot, but it's not your culture anymore. Yeah. No, and and you, you need to accept that. No? So it's a way that the culture evolves, but at some point, the, the key points, um, the, the, the mission, the values, etc., needs to be, needs to be, you need to try to keep these values. No? And that's as well a, a challenge when you scale up. And for me, we are very focused when we invest in metrics, metrics, metrics. And, and we, basically, everybody is saying, yeah, obviously, we invest in teams, but what does it mean that exactly? <laughs> no, it's, 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 we need to be more tangible when we say that. Uh, we invest in, in, in teams because companies, uh, the company is the, uh, is the people, of course. It's not the chairs, not the tables, it's the people, right? Okay, but how can we, uh, how can we assess that? What's the methodology to assess a little bit that, no? It's like to, it's, it's only to look on, on the eyes. <laughs> or, or, or we have some kind of, of methodology here, no? Right. And, and that's, that's um, well, I think that it's very remarkable that we try to make an effort and go to, to that, that direction. In all companies that we invest, that they scale up, they were human issues on, on, on during this growth. And it's normal. It's impossible that you don't have it. You have many problems there, and it's fundamental that you you tackle it and you and you solve it. Yeah, it's 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 a key one for me. Absolutely, I love it. You already introduced the the, the last ingredient uh, of successful uh, scale up, so the culture of um, execution, and you kind of also covered the identity crisis of uh, going from a startup to to a scale up. So having the culture of the founders being uh, owned by the culture of the LT and the culture of the entire uh, team. So it's, it's a very difficult process. And usually I believe that all of, all of this that we have been talking about, it seems very obvious and all the leaders of the company are aware of this, but sometimes this is underestimated. That's, that's what I feel. So. Hmm. It seems that this is the easy stuff. So the art stuff is, is what they are trying to find out how to do that sometimes we forget it. And this is normal in life, right? So we tend to focus ourselves in complex things and we, 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 we forget to do the basic things that uh, help us to, to progress those rituals, those routines. I'm, I'm thinking about, for instance, the simple uh, rhythms of having a daily or a weekly or a monthly or a quarterly review with certain uh, structures. So it's, it seems sometimes a waste of time and sometimes just repeating the same thing that uh, in our minds as, as founders and leaders, it seems so obvious for everyone, but it is not for the team. So it's our job to repeat that again and again and again because they are not in our minds. So they are not listening ourselves talking to Starts and repeating it again and again. So I know that you also have some some points here about this education framework and, and scaling the culture. Uh, would like to add something on this. 
Yeah, no, no, I think that it's a very, very relevant point. Again, it's very intangible and sometimes we need to find some ways to to basically um, express more of that. And, but yeah, I think that, um, especially in, on companies that we had this problem ourselves here, I don't know, maybe a couple of three months ago, no? that we hire five people, no? Mm-hmm. When do when do you imagine a, a company that it's scaling up in a very fast way? No, that they close an investment round of five millions. We have now in in our portfolio one company that they close five millions, right? And now they are in process to hire, no? And maybe they will hire twenty people, and and some of these these profiles they will be very senior profiles. So that's uh, that's extremely a challenge to. I don't know, to hire 20 people, practically all, all your board staff is going to be a new. And you need to communicate as a, as a founder, our original team, um, the culture, but you need to do things differently as well. Because uh, in terms of um, you, you, are, you, are, you are hiring very talented people to listen to these people, no? uh, yeah. not just to impose your, <laughs> your view. So that combination uh, is for that reason that for me, when when you have a founder of a company, you need to accept that the culture is going to be changed at some point, right? or, or, or the culture is going to evolve. For me, what's fundamental is that you have very uh, clear what are your boundaries, what are your red lines, things that mm, are fundamental for you, and and that. That well, it's 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 your DNA, no? And you cannot change. Um, for, for in our case, for example, so agility is fundamental. We have a company where, where we try to that the talent evolve. When we see people that it's passionate about um, what they are doing, we want to give this growth to to these these guys. And it's great because when if they evolve, if the project evolves, and if the project evolves, then they they grow as well. So it's. It's a, a, a magic circle, what you create. Um, but you need to, for me, it's fundamental. If, if we have somebody in the team that, and I respect that, or we respect that, that they don't want to, to have uh, this professional growth or, and they prefer to do another kind of work in another kind of industry, that's fine. Um, it's, it's, uh, we need to respect that, but it's not for us. It's not the fit. So right. I think that... Um, a culture of a company is going to evolve because new people brings new new visions, right? Mm-hmm. You need to accept that. You need to try to fit when you engage somebody in the team um, that that culture more or less match, right? At some point, that's gonna evolve, as I said. But as a as a um, original team or founder team, you need, I think, to to mark some red lines that you think that. It's your DNA, and you think that it's the key of your success. Success, no? And sometimes the culture is the the, the a key one. Um, um, and and yeah, I think that um, obviously when if we identify companies um, founded in the 19th century uh, with uh, very very uh, clever founders, maybe. It, it, it could be interesting to see how they, these companies they evolve in terms of culture and how the original view of the founders has impact on today's uh, today's uh, evolution, right? 
And I am pretty sure that there is some correlation uh, uh, now, no? And the, yeah. this impact is, is there. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging one, but again, I think that as we were mentioning before, the what what it means a good team, no? Um, yeah. I think that um, cultures needs to be a little bit more established, and we are lucky because I think that we have some kind of. Uh, um, let's say procedures or systems now or methodologies where you can more or less um, do more tangible all all this all this kind of approach. And I, I, I can see some founders or some companies of our portfolio, some clients that they are doing this kind of effort. No, they they contract a consultant really specialized on that, and basically they they define in a very tangible way the vision, the mission, the values of the company, and and they work out more the fit of the employees with that this kind of values, and they do this 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 effort, and and yeah, some methodology I I, I think that can can help on that definitely. Absolutely, and we we came to the the end of the show with our favorite question, which is if you have the opportunity to meet yourself, let's say at the beginning of. Uh, less of the capital before you found a advisor. advisor. Uh, what advice would you offer to your younger self, to your younger journey? So, what, what you mean? What, what's, what, what can I change? So, what I, yeah. what I did? So, if you would have the opportunity to meet yourself uh, at the beginning of this journey with less of the capital, uh, what would you say to, to that journey? Uh, that you were meeting at that time. That's what it must be over. That's that's a that's a good one. Um, obviously, in our world, um, I learn a lot from uh, from entrepreneurs. No, it's, it's I I feel myself a, a real entrepreneur person, and I love it. And in have the possibility to to invest in in companies with great entrepreneurs, I I learn a lot. But a lot. Um, I learn a lot from. The team of Cantox, the team of Novicap, the team of uh, Lingo Kids, the, the team of Berse, well, um, all of them. It's it's it has been a uh, wow, uh, uh, impressive. I learned a lot from another colleague, the venture capitalist, as well. So that's a that's a thing that I I learned. I think that at the beginning, one one thing that I was less focused when I started was definitely people so i learn a lot uh, in terms of uh, well i will say to manage people i think that my style my style in london was more um let's say focus on or, or less focus on on the human part and more on the results so i think that i learned to 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 find this combination and that that is what motivates me now in terms of um um, be an entrepreneur, so to impact to to careers, and that's for me it's very, very. I think that it's it, it well it motivates me a lot. And second thing that I would like to to do well that I did after, and it was great. Well, it could be great to to apply it before. It was to find the scalability. So even we have a company of service because we invest in really digital business. Um, and we know how they scale. For me, the challenge now is to to find scalability in in service provider business like us, right? Mm -hmm. 
and and you can do a lot of things. You can apply a lot of uh, things that will have. And if I if I had this knowledge, let's say uh, five years or so, eight years ago, that uh, well, it's a it's a good advantage, no? Um, but I am grateful. I'm grateful that I've been able to learn all that, and and now we have in a position where um, we try to basically focus on the on the human impact and try to, that all the teams evolve. And in parallel, we try to find a scale to scale up a model where normally it's very traditional, no? And and find some recipes to scale up these kind of models. It's as well challenging. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's good, I guess. Yeah, awesome, Charlie. Thanks so much for making the time to share your experience with us. It has been a, a pleasure, Mike, and and looking forward to to see the the podcast. Likewise, and to our community, we keep bringing you the best of the best to help you scale your business from one million to one trillion. Keep scaling, and see you soon.